Welcome to this episode of the This is Believeland Real Browns Fans Podcast. I am your host, James Mastrucci, and of course, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Jordan Cohen. Jordan, how are you doing today? James, I'm doing really well. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, you know, middle of the week right now, but you know what? Looking forward to this Sunday's matchup in Minnesota for the Browns. But before we get into that real quick... Remember to subscribe, like, comment, share, tell your friends. If you don't, it's stealing. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, thisisbelieveland.com, and realbrownsfans.com. Okay, now that that's all out of the way. Browns going to Minnesota this week. Kind of feeling a little bit uneasy about this one. How about you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm actually... I'm not going to say confident, but... I mean, the Browns are favored by a point and a half, and I would bet, if I gambled, I would bet substantial money on the Vikings. Um, I I think the Vikings are one and two, but they're closer to being three and zero, oh, and I think we're two and one, but closer to being one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've played better teams than we have. So, I mean, yeah, we played the Chiefs, but beyond that, like, I, the worst team they've played is the Bengals, uh, and the Bengals are actually pretty good this year. Mm-hmm and they've been better in every other game. So, uh, yeah, I am very uneasy. It seems like it would be concerning because, um, you know, with the news of the injury to Greg Newsom, he's going to be out this week. Uh, couldn't come at worse timing. The Vikings pass offense, even though, you know, Stefan Diggs isn't here anymore, Justin Jefferson's pretty good, and you can't, you know, forget about Adam Thielen as well. And that's before even discussing Kirk Cousins, who, like, at worst, he's like a league average quarterback, but at best, he's probably like one of those fringe top 10 guys. Right, right, exactly. I I mean, I, I think Justin Jefferson is actually, like, he's not as good as Stefan Diggs got to, but at this point, if in Stefan Diggs' second year versus where Justin Jefferson is, Justin Jefferson's way better. Yeah. Um, and Adam Thielen is like Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. In, like, a lot of ways. Like, Adam, actually, like, in some ways better. Um, And they have a good, not a good. Their offensive, so every year Kirk Cousins been there, they have had, like, the worst offensive line or one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, both in run offense and pass offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, even during Stefanski's time there, and we know, like, what Stefanski can do with an offensive line, it was not, it, it really was still pretty bad. Um. This year, it's average. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds like a joke, but it's average. Um, And Kirk Cousins is playing like a bat out of hell. Like, he's playing really, really good. And we've seen him go on streaks before. Mm -hmm. I I think, I mean, they're going to have to put Denzel Ward in, man. I know they've been hesitant to do that this year, and I think it's because Newsom's so good in zone on the other side. They don't want to make the defense easy to read. Uh, but but without Newsom, I think they got to put Denzel Ward in, man, on Justin Jefferson. And you hope between JOK and John Johnson the third, you can slow down Adam Thielen. And then their backup tight end is really good. Or now they're not backup tight end. Olsen is really good this year. So, and, and I mean, I know Devlin Cook, uh, I I don't know if he's playing or not, but he's definitely not healthy if he is playing. Uh, Alexander Madsen's really good. Yeah, kind of forgotten a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's about to get paid next summer. Yeah, it looks like Devlin Cook is uh, limited in Wednesday's practice. And I believe he's questionable. For the game, which yeah, it's gonna means be a, a whole lot, lot of nothing. It's going to be a lot of math. <laughs> yeah, it, for reference, uh, last week uh, Madison ran twenty six times for one hundred and twelve yards. Yeah, yeah, I and I mean to give the Browns credit, I think this is a almost one hundred percent a function of the teams they've played, but the run defense has been pretty good this year. Again, I think it's a function of the teams they've played. It is, but I mean. Clint Kubiak, again, like, this is just because people see Vikings are one and two, and then they're like, lol, the Vikings. Uh, Clint Kubiak looks just as good as Stefanski did during his year in Minnesota. We're only three games in, but Clint Kubiak's going to call some good run plays. He's going to scheme well. I 
This, to me, may actually be the Browns' toughest game so far. That's interesting. I know Chiefs are a better team. Yeah. But but this is a tougher match, I think, to me, because it's not the first game. You know, I'm going to agree with you on that, and, the, and here's why. Is Even though it sounds incredibly crazy, okay, because, you know, they played Chiefs week one, and the Chiefs, you know, are two-time reigning AFC champions. But here's the deal. Uh, if anyone knows Kevin Stefanski and his tendencies and what he likes to do, it's Mike Zimmer, okay? So yep. if he knows, like, what he's going to do when he's in a bad spot or he needs, like, uh, a, a certain concept in a certain situation, Mike Zimmer's literally been there when Stefanski was coming up with those concepts or coming up with those plays, coming up with how to attack those situations. So that's going to provide some difficulty for the Browns' offense, even though it's been pretty efficient not necessarily impressive, but efficient in certain areas, certain uh, parts of the way that they've been doing things, they haven't really hit their stride. It's kind of like they're, they keep like uh, tripping over their feet every once in a while when things are getting going, uh, especially last week when they played the Bears and had to settle for four field goals. But I'm with you. This could be the toughest game because the Vikings, I guess, staff, mostly Mike Zimmer, knows Stefanski. And I think that's going to present well, a larger problem than I think people realize. Well, and I, I don't think it's like going to be, I, I mean, we still have not seen it. And I, I am pretty confident we still won't see Stefanski just like coach an awful game. Mm-hmm. I think what is very likely to happen is Mike Zimmer's going to do two things. One, he's going to tell, because this is what Mike Zimmer does. Like Mike Zimmer, for as much as people laugh about how he's a defensive first head coach, is going to be fully ready to let the Browns try to run the ball. Mm -hmm. He is going to say, whatever you do, do not bite on play action. Whatever you do, do not bite on play action. And listen, that could be their undoing. Because at the end of the day, I do think this Browns roster is better than this Vikings roster. But it's because of that, I think Zimmer's going to do what he's going to do. Um I think Zimmer's going to disguise a lot of coverage. Mm -hmm. I think everybody knows the book on Baker. Like, they were talking about this on Jake Burns' podcast, and everybody knows it, right? Mm -hmm. Baker misses high, and generally he misses over the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. So the Vikings, their defense is not as good this year. Actually, it's basically right about where the Browns is in terms of total, like, kind of points and yards and everything else this mm-hmm. season. I think about it at talent level, it's probably around there too. Uh, maybe even a little worse at a talent level. But no, uh, Joe Woods coached a great game last week. No knock on Joe Woods. Because there are, but I'm not doing that here. Mike Zimmer's just a better defensive coach. He is. Like, he just is. And that's no knock on Joe Woods. I think before Brandon Staley, Mike Zimmer ha- was probably the best defensive coach in the NFL. Uh, and I think he's still right up there with Brandon Staley. Yeah, he's still really a good defensive uh, defensive mind, and I, I think that gets definitely overlooked when you know the focus of the NFL uh, now is definitely offense. But to your point, looking at the the Vikings, uh, how they've been essentially attacked defensively this year, uh, their passing defense has not been very well. Uh, they've allowed two hundred ninety point three yards a game. Uh, that's sixth most in the league. So they're going to... And their run defense actually hasn't been bad. No, their run defense hasn't been bad. It's it's not been good, but it it hasn't been awful. But if if Mike Zimmer's going to be like, uh, our pass defense is worse than our run defense, so we would rather take the chance on run defense than pass defense. Well, and beyond that, too, like, if your defense is below average, which I think right now, up until this point, both of our team's defenses have been. Yes, uh, and again, I don't think the Vikings have had as good of a defensive performance as we did against the Bears, but they did pretty well against Seattle. Um, but so I think it's about even on that end. Mm-hmm. Um, you would much rather take your chances dealing with the run. Because if you're a bad defense or like a below average defense, if you get beat in the pass game, you're really going to get beat. Um, so, so we know what he's going to do. He's going to run a lot of cover two. He's going to force Baker to throw it over the middle. There's no Jarvis Landry, which means I think we're going to see a lot more of kind of that Odell cream hunt, kind of both trading off their slot routes. 
uh, and that Vikings are weak there is a general rule uh, or slant routes um, in the slot. And so I think it's going to be one of those things where he's going to say, okay, we still don't think Odell's a hundred percent healthy. He can't get hit every play. Odds are Baker's not going to throw to him nine times again. If he does screw us, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. But but we know where Baker misses, and if we get two to three turnovers and win the turnover battle, we'll win the game. Yeah, and, and kind of doubling down on what you said, if they're going to try and get uh, force the Browns to run the ball rather than pass, it's going to leave opportunities for some of those shorter routes. And if you're the Vikings, you make the Browns move the ball through a high volume of plays, not a, a whole bunch of big plays. Uh, take the chance of... Uh, of the you know the risk of a loss with by a death of a thousand paper cuts, but it, they don't want to get beat by the big play, and if they're going to force the Browns to run the ball, that's the way to do it. Right. Well, and like okay, so here's my other thing: both the Vikings and the Browns have the same path to victory in any random game, right? Mm-hmm. It is score early, win the turnover battle, control the clock. And I know that's like no shit, right? Like yeah. everything, like <laughs> yeah. That. But like, but but what I mean is like. Their entire game plan is based around taking a lead and then holding it. Both teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whereas, like, a team like the Chiefs or, like, you know what I mean? Like, even the Cardinals. Like, you know you're going to give up some leads. Right? But but at the end of the day, you're like, okay, that's okay because our offense is just so dominant. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either the Vikings or the Browns feel that way. I mentioned the turnover battle because Kirk Cousins hasn't thrown a pick this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's thrown eight times. I mean, Kirk Cousins actually is having just an insane year. He's completed 74% of his passes, thrown for 918 yards, had an adjusted average passing yards, so that's per uh, the athletic, which is kind of like their, like your point about Yak, it like adjusts for that. Yeah. Adjusts for that. Uh, 9.06 yards a, a pass attempt, which is really good. And yeah, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. He's good this year, and I think a lot of it has to do with that offensive line. Don't forget, like, his last year in Washington, he was incredible. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like, and then he came to Minnesota, and it was like, oh, it's Kirk Cousins again. But I think the offensive line is going to be a huge difference maker. Uh, I, I, This is, to me, a game where, okay, Browns defensive line, now you're arrogant, right? You're mm-hmm. Maybe rightfully so. But you're talking a big game now. Yeah. So you got to show it. I think that Zimmer is going to be willing to accept. Like, listen, I think if the Browns score first and can build like a 10-point lead, the game's over. Yeah. I don't think the Vikings can win. Uh, on the other hand, I also I, I don't feel as confident about that with the Vikings, but I still am kind of there too. Like, if any team gets a 10-point lead, I think it's about game over. Because both teams are going to be able to control the clock. Yeah, I would feel, um, from the Browns' point of view, um, <clears throat> or the Vikings, I'm sorry, the, the Vikings. The Vikings can get a 14-point a lead. I would feel like the game's over then. Yeah, and again, like it's kind of like one of those, like, yeah, of course. But, but like, I, I really mean, like, the game is over. Like, I will stop watching and watch the rest after on double speed. Because if, if it happens early enough, it will alter the game plan. And that's, yeah, well, that's and, my point. Yeah, and that I'm just, you know, kind of doubling down here. Uh, it, if it alters the game plan for either team, I mean, because there are very specific paths to victory um, for offensively for both these teams. And if they get just diverted just a little bit, it throws the entire thing off. Right, and, like, it's funny. I, I think that Baker and Kirk Cousins are a lot more similar than both Vikings and Browns fans would like to believe. Like, and I, I just know I have a good friend who's Vikings fan, so I'm on Vikings Twitter quite a bit. And their view of Kirk Cousins is very similar to our view, like, Browns fans generally view of Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. which is, like, if you take an outside looking in, the question, even for Kirk Cousins at this point in his career, is, okay, we know Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, right? We know Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. They are. They're good NFL quarterbacks. The question is how good. Um, and because of Kirk Cousins, how he started in Washington, 
and then he came to Minnesota and the offensive line sucks. I still think it's okay to ask that question of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like I think it's still okay to ask that question of Baker. How good, right? If Baker gets hot because he goes on these streaks, if he gets hot, I think the Browns could blow out the Vikings. Um, If Baker has a bad Baker game, I think the Vikings could blow out the Browns. And I think the same thing with Minnesota. It's like the worst of all worlds for every, for everybody watching the game, including the teams, is both Kirk and Baker have a bad Kirk and Baker game. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. neither of them have shown that they're getting to that level of bad that they were before this year. Uh, like even Baker, who I thought was really bad against the Bears – it was still better than, like, first half of last year, Baker bad. Oh, yeah, of um, course. And so I, I think to me it's kind of like this game's going to – these teams are very similar. I think the Browns are more talented, but I think they're very similar teams. I think they have the exact same path to victory, as you pointed out, in mm-hmm. any game, any individual game. Uh, and the second those paths to victory change is the second shit hits the fan. Yeah. I mean, we both we both recognize uh, the overall <clears throat> limitations of both quarterbacks. Okay, they're not a guy that you want throwing in high volume game in game out. Um, that being said, I would feel slightly more comfortable with Kirk Cousins doing it than Baker Mayfield, just because of. He has a longer track record of being successful while doing it, even though it's not great. There's just more data that supports, hey, you can win if he throws more. I, so I, I said this last year. I said this the year before because this is like kind of our third year, but like first real year consistently podcasting, but I've said it twice. I think Kirk Cousins is a very underrated quarterback. Agreed. I think he's very – like I actually think Kirk Cousins is like – I think he is really a solid quarterback. Do I want him in the big game? Not necessarily. I actually would say in a big game, I would rather have Baker because, like, Baker can have these weird games where he just looks like Pat Mahomes out there. Um, Kirk Cousins doesn't have that, but Kirk Cousins just historically is much more consistent. Yeah. And I think that's your point, right? Yeah. yeah. It's about a longer track record of overall consistency. Uh, Mm -hmm. A word we use in this level uh, on this podcast a lot, variance. Uh, there's a lesser degree of variance when it comes to, it, to Kirk Cousins. If we ever change the name of this podcast, I think it should be a lesser degree of variance. <laughs> hey, uh, put that uh, put that as a note, set it aside. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's true though. I mean, the, the the level of variance with Baker is significantly larger than it is with Kirk Cousins. Okay, well, each guy have a game where they have an outlier game, either good or bad, sure. But you can generally predict what a Kirk Cousins game is. Uh, and Baker Mayfield's a little bit harder, too. It really is. As far as just numbers, but overall performance within those numbers. Yeah. Well, and, like, I will say, I I am very pleased with what I've seen from Baker this year as a general rule. Like, I, it hasn't been great, but to me, Baker... And here's the other thing. It's only been three games, right, for both teams. Kirk Cousins, go back to being Kirk Cousins, right? He may not be the best quarterback in the NFL. Or second best, right, behind Matt Stafford. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, like he he, he probably will regress a little bit. I think Baker probably does a little bit, too. Um, But but I have been pleased because it does signal to me that Stefanski and Baker have kind of figured out Baker's best role in this type of offense. Yeah. Um, which is great. I mean, like, as much as, like, you've pointed out accurately the yards after the catch stuff, mm-hmm. this offense, like, now with Odell back, like, this is a yards after the catch receiving core. It is. Uh, and so if Stefanski can put those guys in position to get that, and all Baker has to do is dump it off to those guys in the right spot, that's great. I think the issue with the Bears is Baker wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, I mean, I, I always say this. Everybody's like, oh, well, Jimmy Garoppolo never won a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, okay. But that year they lost the Chiefs in the Super Bowl two years ago, they were the better team for three and a half quarters. 
And it's... like they didn't lose because of Jimmy Garoppolo. They lost because of Kyle Shanahan. Like for like the weirdest moment I've ever seen in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan just became Hugh Jackson for six minutes. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's be real. They win. Let's be real here. I mean, they got Pat Mahomes. It, it has happened to pretty much everybody. <laughs> right. Right. No, exactly. Like, I, I think, again, like, I think you can win with this tier of quarterback, especially in this yards after the catch type offense. Mm-hmm. To me, the question is, like, okay, if you and I know that, like, Mike Zimmer's job is to watch football all day. Yeah. Right? Like, Mike Zimmer knows that, and Mike Zimmer's a great translator. So his defense is going to be prepared for that. It would not surprise me. Another thing they may do, right, uh, and a little bit different than my first prediction, another thing they may do is play kind of softer coverages, mm-hmm. right, to prevent yards after the catch and basically be like, okay, Baker, you beat us long. We're soft coveraging you. Mm-hmm. You have a split second. Get the ball to those guys. Right? Get yeah, and just kind of, you know, just kind of, very soft zone as soon as the just don't get beat like everything in front yeah, of them honestly like they could just i mean like they could basically run our defense right like they yeah. could run the joe woods defense and i think that's a really interesting game yeah run it out of cover two because it's the vikings but same idea like quarters out of cover two kind of thing um I think that's an interesting way they can go about it. And then they cover up the run game a little bit more. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it, I actually, I I think that I would bet on the Vikings. I think it will be an interesting game tactically. Yeah. It's kind of going to come down to who can predict the other one better. And just honestly, maybe that's not even it, right? Maybe it's just who executes. Like it could just be a player's thing in this game. It really could, and as far as execution goes, um, concern for the Browns' offense, in my opinion, because they have not executed very well uh, outside of that first half against Kansas City. It's been a struggle. Yeah, and again, I keep saying, like, oh, well, the Browns are putting up so many points. I Kind of? Kind of? I was really critical of Stefanski <laughs> after the second game. But I, I do think overall that's probably more of a product of Stefanski just being, like, smarter than every defensive coordinator he's gone up against. Because, like, our receivers are getting open on weird routes, and I don't think that's because of Baker. I just don't. Like, I think Stefanski is scheming really well. Um, I don't think that's as much of an advantage against Mike Zimmer. It's not. Right? Like, no, no, nothing on Stefanski. I would say that about uh, McVay. I'd say it about Shanahan. Right? Like, it's just like, that's the reality you go up against Mike Zimmer. And so, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Browns have, they have yards. They have a, a decent points per game average. It's only three games. So, the, the, the again, sample size, one of my favorite things. Not big enough yep. to really take away a whole bunch here especially considering they haven't necessarily played a good defense yet. Um, Although the Texans actually look better than I thought they would. They did. And the Bears have, like, so, like listen, I think in terms of talent, I don't know that the Vikings are actually better than the Bears. I think the difference is Mike Zimmer. I Well, I think it's Mike Zimmer. I think the just the, the general talent level on average is better in Minnesota than it is in Chicago. So that, I mean, that offense is loaded. Like, Minnesota's offense is loaded. Like, again... No matter, I would say the Browns' offense is pretty loaded, right? Like, yeah, I, I think the Browns have very so. So it's not just about Kirk Cousins, and Baker Mayfield. Like, I think that's a loaded offense. I think it's two really good offensive coordinators. What's interesting to me is, hey, we don't like. I'm still unsure of Joe Woods. Same. Um, I am confident in Mike Zimmer. I think the Browns are overall more talented, but I think to me that's the interesting thing. Like how. Can Stefanski do better to Mike Zimmer than what Clint Kubiak does to Joe Woods? That's tough, honestly. That's, a, that's it's a tough. tough. It, it is. Uh, not only just schematically, uh, uh, talent-wise, but as far as familiarity with the other, the Vikings have the advantage here. Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, to be fair, I think Stefanski has adva- like Stefanski knows how to beat the Zimmer scheme. We haven't seen him against Zimmer, but mm-hmm. like we have seen him against this scheme, right? Because like half the NFL runs this scheme. That's uh, true. And Stefanski's really good at it. He hasn't gone up against Zimmer yet, right? Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh well, everybody remember Belichick like won three Super Bowls with the three four, like three four base, and like everybody adopted it. His coordinators were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of them were really good. Like, for all the criticism, like, guys like Romeo Cornell and Eric Mangini get, they actually were still, even as head coaches, really good defensive coordinators. Yeah, their um, offenses just stunk. <laughs> right, right. Well, and they weren't good at coaching, right, right which is a small thing. But yeah. um, generally speaking, like, their defenses were still really good. But but that wasn't the same as going up against Bill Belichick. Now, do I think, is a coach Zimmer is even in the same stratosphere as Belichick? No. No, but I think all. Zimmer's really good. I think I would rather have Zimmer than well over half the coaches in the NFL. Yeah. So, I think this will be. I, I I would bet on the Vikings pretty significantly just because of the point and a half, and it's on the road for us. Like, uh, I I would just I would bet on them, but I think this could be a really good game. Yeah, I do too. I'm uh, pessimistic. I, I would bet the Vikings to win uh, even points too, but. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I'm checking on ESPN right now. The it has Cleveland minus two. Um, yeah, minus yeah, so point and a half. Yeah, yeah. So um, over under set at fifty one and a half. That seems kind of low for me. I, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I see this game going one of two ways. Um, way one is like the Titans game last year, where one team gets up early and then they run quarters coverage the whole time, like deep quarters coverage mm-hmm. to slow the other team down while giving up a lot of yards. And it ends up being just really high scoring mm-hmm. or it is, you have a bad Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield game because like, let's be fair. Stefanski isn't like an idiot on defense, right? Like, yeah. Like, like Stefanski knows Kirk Cousins strengths and weaknesses too. Right. And so, I think there is a world in where like the two quarterbacks just have a stink fest. Yeah, that is a, that is very well uh, in the realm of possibilities. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm looking at the Vikings and the Browns' offensive numbers. Uh, very, very similar. Um, oh, I know. No, it's these it's teams, incredible. Like, these teams are more similar than a lot of people think. Uh, the Browns have the edge in, in rushing yards, but that's kind of expected uh, with Hunt and Chubb on the same roster. But the Vikings have the edge in passing yards, which, again, not necessarily unexpected, considering that Kirk Cousins has had the full complement of passing targets, while Baker Mayfield's had a rotating carousel uh, involving Jarvis Landry, then Odell Beckham Jr. Right, and like I would also say that, again, I think the Browns are more talented. I think the Vikings have played better this season. Uh, if you just look at the teams they played, and I know the Browns have won one more game. Yeah, uh, I'm here to tell you after three games, wins and losses mean jack. Like, I know there's that set like, oh, well, you know, teams that are 0-2 almost never make the playoffs. Yeah, because they're 0-2 for a reason, right? Yeah, like, pretty much. The, Vi- the Vikings were 0-2, but they, like, it was a weird 0-2. Mm-hmm. I would not put much stock into that. I I still think that Vikings team is really good. And they could, I mean, the Packers look good. They don't look as good as they did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lions still suck. And, and I think the, the Vikings yeah. less said about the Bears the better. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, I think the Vikings could very easily win that division. It, it's it's more open than I thought it was going to be. The the Packers are more vulnerable than I thought they would well, be. You know what the Packers reminded me of? So I watched like that Packers 49ers game and I know the Packers won, but I kept thinking about what you said a few podcasts ago like right before the season started where uh LaFleur won like coach of the year. I think it was PFF and yeah. somebody else. like and you kept saying, like, this is all down to Aaron Rodgers. Well, this year we're seeing Aaron Rodgers looks really good, but doesn't look MVP Aaron Rodgers level good. And that's a huge and difference. This Packers maker. team, like, I think this Packers team has looked about like this Browns team has looked. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, there are questions. The difference, I would say, is I think Stefanski is just a substantially better coach than LaFleur. Oh, I think LaFleur is uh, awful. I think he's a terrible yeah, I don't, coach. I, I, I mean... People are like, oh, we went 13-3 two years in a row. Well, I mean, yeah, but, like, first off, Mike Penn is still a good defensive coordinator. They had a ton of talent on that team. Yeah. 
I think that team and like again, I know like we're always skeptical of analytics, not because we don't believe in them, just because we believe the public stuff is like not as good as what like these teams probably have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the analytics have been really down on the Packers three years in a row. Yeah. Like even last year when Rodgers won the MVP and like that was a great Packers team, the analytics did not say they were as great as they were. The public ones. And like yeah. I kind of believe the eye test matches that for me. I I was surprised the Packers beat the Rams last year um, in the playoffs, and I would not be surprised if we end up seeing this big regression. And I think there were Vikings are regressing up. Sorry, I think the Vikings are regressing upwards. Mm -hmm. I think last year they had a terrible offensive line, and I know it was Gary Kubiak, but like Gary Kubiak was too old. Like Gary Kubiak doesn't have it. I think Clint Kubiak does. Uh, so I think the Vikings will regress upwards. They also had their number one receiver as a rookie last year. Like, I, I think they're a good team. I do think the Vikings are a good team as well. Um, real quick uh, comment about the Packers before we get back to the, the Browns-Vikings matchup. Sure. Um, do you know who LaFleur reminds me of? Hmm. LaFleur is Jim Caldwell. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's a great one. He is he's a coach that is basically supported by having a really good or great quarterback. Okay. Uh and without him he's terrible. Yep. Um as, as soon as Aaron Rodgers re- leaves Green Bay because it's going to happen. Um you'll see the real LaFleur and you'll be like holy crap, this is terrible. So I saw somebody tweet this. I don't remember who it was. And at first I was like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, okay, if what week is the trade deadline? Week six or week eight? I always forget. Uh, I, it's, like I half it's like halfway it's like through. Half, somewhere. If the Packers are under 500 at halfway and the Broncos who are three and oh now, but they played just the easiest schedule in the NFL. Like let's say the Broncos are like, Two games above 500. Is it possible Aaron Rodgers gets traded midseason? And I know, like, the answer is like no, because if you're the Packers, even if you're under 500, you still have Aaron Rodgers, right? Even if you're mm-hmm. 500 or like it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, it depends to me what the Broncos offer. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers is very available. I, I do too. Um, I, I think he's very available. I, now, do I think you'll get traded? No. I think that tweet was like shock and awe type tweet. Um, mm-hmm. But no, that Packers team, like, I got to be honest, when I'm thinking about this division, the Vikings are the team I'm most scared about having to play. Like, the Packers, I'm less scared. I know the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, but like, that defense is. Ugh. And like, I also think Joe Woods' scheme is, like, just designed to really irritate these amazing quarterbacks. Like, it's really irritating Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, and it doesn't matter, like, they give up a lot of points. It's just irritating because they don't give up big plays. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think against a team like this, like, that sucks for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I know they beat the 49ers, but the 49ers did the exact same thing. They're like, okay, Aaron, uh, we just won't give up big plays. And... and I think the Browns are actually substantially better than the 49ers are right now. Um, 49ers are a team where, like, I have to imagine Trey Lance is coming in soon. And, like, that game was, like, the most quintessential Garoppolo, even, like, Baker-type game, where, like, Garoppolo leads, like, two drives to take the lead. Like, great comeback, right? And mm-hmm. is playing, like, plays really well second half, but the first half was awful. And it's, like, that's this type of quarterback so anyways enough on the Packers yeah but back to the Vikings back to the Browns um because I'm curious about a, a couple stats and it's a stat that I, I've mentioned several times this year uh, you know air yards versus uh, yards after the catch I'm just comparing what we have between Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins uh Kirk Cousins has 441 completed air yards to 477 yards after the catch Baker Mayfield, 382 air yards to 398 yards after the catch. Pretty interesting that while Cousins has some more numbers, the, it's a similar pattern between the two. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, like, 
the receiving core for both teams mm-hmm. is designed for that. I, I could be wrong, right? I don't follow the Vikings, but I've watched a decent number of plays on their offense. Yeah. I think Kirk Cousins is more sustainable. Like, Kirk Cousins, from what I've seen, has not had Justin Jefferson to save two interceptions in a game. Right? Like, I also think Kirk Cousins has gone up against better defenses. Like, I know Seattle's defense isn't that good, but, like, it's still Pete Carroll. Right? I know, like, Cincinnati's defense and Arizona's defense aren't that great, but, like, are they really, like, substantially worse than the Chiefs and the Texans? I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe they're more similar. Again, this is going to be a weird game. I, it, it, again, it could be a game where, like, just whoever scores first wins, period. Um, it, I mean, it'll be a game. I'm interested. I'm, I would bet on the Vikings. I think even money, I'd still pick the Vikings to win. But I also think the Browns have a good shot. Like, it'll be fun. This reminds me a lot of the Titans game last year. Yeah, it, it's it's very similar. Um, you know, just like the Titans game last year, it's two offenses that are not all that different. Two offenses who passed to victory are pretty similar, if not identical. And I, I think that it's going to come down to execution and who does and doesn't make a mistake. Which, like, I know is, like, the most frustrating thing for, like, us to say, right? It's like, yeah, listen, at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. Like, that is, like, the most, like... I know John it's, like, Dor- and yeah. it's like basic bitch NFL talk, but, like, that's... This is the- John Dorsey. But, yeah. like, I don't have a better answer. There isn't. I mean, so far, there's been one team that has executed but lost two games and one that hasn't and has two wins. Right. Like, and like I'm sorry, that's just how it's been. And they're super similar on both ends, honestly. The defenses, like I know, again, Vikings have Mike Zimmer, we have Joe Woods, but like again, what the defenses try to do is the same. They do it out of different like schemes, mm-hmm. but the goal is the same, right? Which is to limit big plays and to try to find a way to force the opponent to play in a certain way. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I it, it's going to be a game. It's interesting. Like I, I fully believe both of these teams could like finagle their way in a Super Bowl by the end of the season, right? Like, and I think the Browns are better and they have a better shot of it. But like, I really do. I think the Vikings could like in the NFL playoffs. Things get weird. It's, Things get weird. Things get weird. Things are, listen, the Browns were one drive away, one stopping a Chad Henney draw away. Or it wasn't a draw, whatever it was, like quarterback design run or whatever. But like one, I mean, from beating the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sorry, last year the Browns beat the Bills. That was a terrible matchup for the Bills. Um, and then all of a sudden we're talking Browns are in the Super Bowl. Like, the NFL playoffs are weird. They're super weird. And not to get ahead of ourselves, but um, in this particular game, what I think it's going to come down to between the two quarterbacks, which quarterback is okay with being patient passing the ball? Do yeah. you think it's Kirk Cousins or Baker? I think Baker might get a little annoyed and try to force the ball downfield where Kirk Cousins would be like, I'll take the five-yard throw. Listen, if I am, so if I'm the Vikings, what I'm most scared about is Odell and Kareem Hunt in the slot. Yeah. Uh, because, like, the Bears didn't have an answer. And, like, Jalen, I kept saying uh, Kendall Fuller, or Kyle Fuller, uh, the last podcast. And, like, afterwards, I was like, wait, shit. Um, <laughs> I met Jalen Johnson. Like, is having a really good year. Mm-hmm. And I know they don't have the same slot corner, like, level of slot corner. But, like. The Vikings aren't terribly dissimilar in that sense. Um, I think if I'm the Vikings, that in the pass game is what I'm most terrified of. But I also know I'm less terrified of that if those two can't get yards after the catch. Yeah. And, like, so I'm kind of willing to give that. 
Right? Like, I think we could see a monster Odell Beckham game. I think we can, too. It doesn't too. really translate into a huge offensive output. But, like, I, th- I mean, this could be a game where Odell gets, like, eight or nine catches for well over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. It's, I think that's and very possible. Play. Yeah. And I, I, to be fair, I think it's very possible that we see the same thing with Vikings and Adam Thielen. Yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, this would be one hell of a game to have Jarvis Landry for, but uh, unfortunately, we don't. Oh, if the Browns had Jarvis Landry, I'd pick the Browns. And it wouldn't be terribly difficult for me. I just, I, I'm concerned because we, we both know Baker. Uh, I feel like he's going to get impatient at, at one point or another and try to push the ball down the field when he shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, like, so here's the difference, right? Baker, I, and this is, like, Baker can get, like, hyped up. And, like, it always is, like, before big game, he always starts hyped up. And, like, hyped up Baker is either Pat Mahomes level or, like, well below average level. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, he's been Pat Mahomes level against really good defenses, too, right? Like, that Ravens game last year, where it's just like, Jesus Christ. Um, whereas Kirk Cousins, I think, is pretty even keel, right? Like, outside of, like, when he was yelling, you like that, you like that. Like, I've seen that, like, twice from him. He's, like, a really even killed quarterback. I think Baker will go for the big play. He's just got to make it. Like... He, because we know he's going to do it. We know Stefanski's going to design it. And my hope is Stefanski designs it in such a way where the big play is available. Uh, but, like, to me, Baker, like, and I don't get it because you and I both have said this. Baker, unlike Kirk Cousins, actually, is, I think, capable of making every throw in the NFL. I don't think there's a throw athletically Baker can't make. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't make them sometimes. And it's not like, yeah, he doesn't read defenses, and that's when it's frustrating. Absolutely. But, like, against the Bears, like, part of the issue wasn't that he wasn't reading the defense. Like, he was doing fine. He just wasn't making the throws. And, like, the throws he can make, like, they're slam routes. And it just, he doesn't make them. And he throws high. And so he's going up against a cover two again, but this is a better cover two. That throwing high is going to be a problem. It's going to be a big problem. He can't miss high. He cannot miss high. If he misses high, he has to miss high on the sidelines. Yeah. He cannot miss high over the middle. I mean, and that's as unfortunate as to bring it up from week one again, and unfortunate as how the play unfolded. Uh, He tried to maybe miss high, maybe, uh, to Harrison Bryant at the end of the game, and he got hit, and it turned into an easy pick. Right. I mean, I don't, like... You don't want him missing high because there's no reason. And, like, I I get the point. Like, I've heard this before, which is that because he's short and he gets pressure down the middle, that's why he misses high because he has to throw it at a weird arch. Mm-hmm. Which I would buy if all of his high misses were because of that. But they're not. Like, some of his miss high misses are just clean pockets. Which is, it just to me, it's like, it is a weird inconsistency that I still can't explain, but I know that's what he does, right? And it's fine when he does it over the sidelines as long as they're not facing just like a dominant cornerback, which I don't think the Vikings have. Uh, it's not okay when it's down the middle of the field. Yeah, it's it's pretty much never okay to miss high down the middle of the field because there's usually no, a, I... a linebacker or a safety uh, there. Right, but if you're Pat Mahomes, you can risk that because, like, even if you throw a few interceptions that way, the other times you have Tyree Kill wide open. Yeah, there's there's that or uh, the fact that uh, you're fucking Pat Mahomes and you can throw off just 21 points in five minutes. Right, right. Off, like, 14-step dropbacks, too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a very drastic difference in, yeah. in the margin for error there. Um, right, right, right. Fair. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no but i agree i mean again i i'm picking the vikings just because like honestly at the end of the day they're home and i think they are have been slightly better than the browns this year would i be surprised if the browns won no would i be like oh haha eat this guys the browns won no if the browns blow them out or like come remotely even close to it mm-hmm. then i'll be very excited like, if we have another Titans game from last year, 
Awesome. Where I know it ended up close, but like the Browns controlled that literally the entire game. Yeah. If we have that, I'm going to be like, okay, guys, like this is it. This team's for real. Yeah. But if we got uh, like just... another Texans type game. <laughs> right. Well, if we have another Texans type game, it's over. But um, <laughs> like at the same time, like I feel the same way about the Vikings. Like if the yeah. Vikings win by uh, seven points or less, which I think if they win, it's probably around where it's at. Mm-hmm. Seven to ten, even like I won't be overly concerned, right? Because it'll confirm a lot of things we've said today. Uh, Pretty much. If the Vikings win by more than ten, or or if they win by less than ten, but they control the whole game, then I'll be very concerned. Uh, so again, I feel like this game is of similar value to both teams. It is because uh, if either team wins. It by a large margin it's it tells you something very definitive good or bad by about either team okay yep but if it's I'm, i brought this game up several times and i'm con- going to continue to until it stops being relevant but if it's a game like the raiders game from last year where it is yep. boring as shit and it's a ball control game and it's just like not even really a contest but it's not really a big score differential. That's a big problem too. For both teams, mm-hmm. no matter who wins versus who loses, it's a big problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think again, I think this game can end one of two ways. One is like thirty-seven to thirty-four. Yeah. And the other is like seventeen to fourteen. I'm with you there. I'm definitely with you. I don't know there. which. I have no I, idea I, which. I don't know which. Uh, again, uh, I'd probably take the over in this game because... Me too. Me too. Uh, I'm mostly I've just... I'm, I'm hoping for excitement. I'm hoping for offense. <laughs> I'm hoping it's a competitive game. <laughs> yeah. I'm not hoping... I mean, a blowout would be nice. I'd love for the Browns to win like, uh, you know, 42-7. to seven, But uh, that wouldn't even hit the over. But I don't care. Um... <laughs> well, you and I have said this though. Like, this Browns offense is not designed to blow teams out. It's not. It's not, and that's fine, right? That doesn't mean like they're any worse than any other offense. It's like the this Browns offense is designed to just dominate, right? Like it's like to use a soccer reference, it's like there are ways to win, right? Mm-hmm. Some offenses like Liverpool are just designed to score like fourteen goals in a twenty minute period, mm-hmm. right? Liverpool or the Chiefs. This is much more like uh, old school Louis Van Hall, right? Where it's like. You win one nil, two nil by while having sixty five to seventy percent possession. Yeah, right. That's like Savancy's offense, right? It's like we're okay winning small when the other team doesn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, Clint Kubiak's the exact same way. Yeah. So that that is why that is the only area where I think like I think there's an exciting game that's seventeen to fourteen because both teams just have the ball for really long drives. Yeah. There's also a very unexciting way that it's 17 to 14, so both teams right. are very sloppy. Right, or both quarterbacks have crap games. Yeah. You know, again, wide level of variance. <laughs> yeah, no, this game, I don't care. Like, anybody that says they have a good idea of how this ends is lying. Oh, absolutely. Lying. Right, th- th- there's no way to predict this game. I'm sorry. Like, this game is. Honestly, it's going to be it in the Chargers game to me are the two toughest matchups we have the rest of the year for different reasons, mm-hmm. but not the most important, but they're the toughest. Yeah, because uh, they just present two widely different types of challenges and it's back to back. They're both road games. Yep. Well, I think the Chargers are a better team. Oh, the Chargers are a better team, but that's a it's something different entirely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to Chargers next week after we watch. Like, listen, here's the thing: if the Browns dominate, I'm going to say we have a shot against the Chargers. If the Browns get dominated, I'm going to say, okay, we better be preparing for not only no playoffs, but maybe not 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then anything in between, I'll probably be like, listen, the Browns still will probably make the playoffs, but this Chargers game may be bad, but don't overreact. Yeah, all of those are definitely in the realm of possibilities. <laughs> yep. But with that, 
definitely looking forward to the Vikings game. Hopefully the Browns are able to pull it out. Hopefully it's an entertaining game. I think that's pretty much all we're hoping for, really. Uh, win uh, and for it to be entertaining. Because uh, I, I really don't want to watch a repeat of the Texans game from a couple weeks ago. Uh, most of that Bears game from last week was pretty bad as well. Uh, any final thoughts you have on your end? I'm the same. Uh, I, I think, I don't even think that, I would be surprised if that's what this looks like. Because they're both good teams. Like, mm-hmm. I, I said the Chargers are definitely a better team. I actually don't know that, like, now that I'm thinking about it. I think the Chargers pose a tougher challenge. because of, uh, But even then, I don't actually know that. Yeah. Like, I don't. Like, I, I think they're very similar teams. I, I don't know. I am... I don't. I think part of the problem the Browns have had the past two weeks is that they've been arrogant. I think mm-hmm. both games they were just arrogant, um, and I don't think that will be the case this week. But the Vikings aren't going to come in arrogant either, right? The Vikings need to win because if they go, if they start one and three, it is hard to make playoffs. Not impossible. I still think they probably will, but it's much more difficult. Um. So I think both teams will come in serious. I think if I'm betting, I think this is a very good game. I think it's entertaining, but I think it's like fascinating. I think we get to see all of our favorite players on both teams do things like uh, both offense, defense. Like I, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it'll be close, and that good may again be seventeen fourteen. Hmm. So I don't know. Oh, one last thing, uh, Everson Griffith. Is like came back to Minnesota and like is having a real like he's like re won the starting li- defensive line spot and he's playing really good. <laughs> it's so, funny how that works sometimes. Yeah, yeah, home sweet home. Unlike yeah. Larry Ogunjobi, who's dominating in Cincinnati, but um, details. Uh, that's what happens sometimes. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna head out with this one. Uh, quick reminder: uh, remember to like, comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends and family. If you don't, it's stealing. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, ThisIsBelieveLand.com, and RealBrownsFans.com. We hope that Monday's podcast will be a Victory Monday podcast. If not, uh, hope for better results after that. But look forward to the game on Sunday, and go Browns!